Hi, and welcome to Travel Time. Today we're talking about the eternal city, Rome. We headed to Rome for a Mediterranean Greek cruise on the Disney Magic in June of 22, and we arrived a couple of days before our disembarkation at Civitavecchia so that we could have some time to get over jet lag and we could see a little bit of Rome. None of us had been to Italy before at all, so this was a first for all four of us. On our way over, much like many flights over the summer of 2022, we encountered several glitches. We flew out of Chicago, and because our plane was delayed, we sat down for lunch. But while there, we got an alert that our plane was delayed even further. And the layover in Atlanta was very, very short. The delay was actually going to make us miss the other flight. So my husband ran off to get us moved to a different flight, scheduled to leave in about 30 minutes. We were able to snag the last four seats on that flight which was great because the other flight ended up being delayed another hour. Uh, We got to Atlanta and quickly got to the gate, but then it was also delayed. Fortunately, it was only delayed about 90 minutes, and so then we were on the way to Rome. This is exactly the reason it's always recommended to arrive at least a day before your embarkation time, especially now with so many flight delays happening fairly routinely. It can literally make the difference between arriving for your cruise and not making it at all. COVID protocols were still in a transitional state on this trip. We uploaded our vaccine paperwork well before leaving, and that went smoothly with having having to show it again. Although we did bring it with us just in case because we had heard that some people were being asked to show it again. The day before the trip, the restrictions with masks going into Italy were relaxed and we had to wear them for boarding, but on the actual flight from Atlanta to Rome, the masks were optional. This continued to be a theme of ongoing changes to policies while we traveled. We did have to test negative to board the ship. And when we left home, we were going to need to test negative on a proctored test to return home. So we had taken some proctored test kits with us. About halfway through our trip, we found out that the U.S. entry requirements had been relaxed. The U.S. citizens no longer had to test negative to return home. Although Italy didn't require departing guests to test negative before that, when we first left, the U.S. was requiring that people test negative before re-entering the U.S. We'd heard quite a few stories from friends about testing positive and having to quarantine rather expensively in Italy for up to two whole weeks, which would have been very expensive for us and very stressful, especially since we would have needed two rooms. Most of the rooms in Rome only um, slept two people. The U.S. dropping this requirement did mean that it all felt well we didn't have to test before leaving for home. We didn't have to worry about that anymore. It made the vacation much more enjoyable because we weren't stressed out about worrying about what might happen on the way home. Although we did see the news while on board the ship, I will add that our fantastic Magic for Less travel agent also texted us knowing we'd be able to get the iMessage on board, informed us that if in case we hadn't purchased internet access and hadn't seen it, she had just heard about the change in requirements and she wanted to let us know in the middle of our trip. So fantastic job there and a, and a great reason to have a travel agent. We arrived in Rome about about 11 a.m. their time. We ended up staying in the Hilton Rome airport. It's actually walking distance from the baggage claim, so we didn't have to find transport. The other reason we picked this is because Disney had transportation that you could get from the airport. So by staying there, we could walk over and take advantage of the Disney transportation to the port the next morning and not have to take all of our luggage, try to find a cab big enough for our luggage or take a train and take all of our luggage on the train. So it worked really well for us. The Hilton Rome airport's accessible by going back up the elevator after you get your bags and following the way to the parking garage, but continuing to go straight. There are actually signs that have the Hilton logo on them that you can even follow that are on the same signs with the parking sign. You'll actually go that way for quite a while. And then you get to a little elevator at the very, very end of the walkway. On the day that we were there, only one of the elevators worked. It was the one on the right. The one on the left would open and you could get on, but it didn't actually go anywhere. And then the door would open and you'd be in the same place. We took the elevator down. And when you get off, you're actually in the entrance parking lot for the Hilton. We just walked a short distance uh, up their pathway 
and we were at the check-in area. We stopped by in case our rooms were maybe ready early. They weren't, but we did check our luggage and went up to hang out in the Diamond Lounge. This was supposed to have some snacks and stuff and be kind of a relaxing place to wait for your room to be available, but they really just had like some bananas, apples, a coffee machine that sort of worked, and water. Um, nothing terribly exciting, but it was a place to sit um, away from lobby. There were a ton of people just hanging around sitting in the lobby waiting for rooms to be ready. We went down a little later and had some lunch in their restaurant. The food was good, probably not the best we had in Italy, but it was good and we were tired and hungry, so it was perfect from that standpoint. When lunch was almost done, we got alerted that our rooms were ready and we had to get two rooms for the four of us because as I mentioned before, they only had options with two twin beds, but they did make sure that we had two rooms that were right across the hall from each other and so that worked out fine. We were right next to each other. We technically had enough time to take the train into Rome and look around, but we had decided before leaving to just take it easy after the full day of travel and spend the whole next day traveling and sightseeing things like that. So we stayed around the hotel that evening and just relaxed. We stayed up until at least late evening to help adjust to the time. And this worked out great for us because we had a fairly early morning planned on a tour of Rome. We had booked a tour with the tour guide for their Rome in a Day tour with Vatican and Colosseum. We had one full day in Rome and it looked like that tour would give us a good chance to see some of the highlights all in one day and make the most of it. And that proved to be correct. We were very happy we did it. The timing of it also helped with getting over jet lag so we weren't still jet lagged on the cruise. The company had been recommended to us by some people who had used them before in our cruise Facebook. Group. Most Disney cruises end up having a pre cruise Facebook group where people can chat before the cruise. Ours was really helpful before and after the cruise with veterans sharing tips or people that had been to the cities before sharing tips of what they were going to do. This particular tour ran $156 per adult, and then our teens who were 15 and 17 got the youth rate of $125. We met our awesome tour guide Caroline at Cafe Vaticano just outside the gates to the Vatican to start the tour. We ended up just taking a cab into the city. We had originally planned to take the train in, but the cab ended up being about the same price for four of us and pretty efficient as far as allowing us to see a lot in a single day and get to the right place without having to wonder how to get there from the train station. One important reminder, if your tour is going to the Sistine Chapel and or St. Peter's Basilica, knees, midriff, and shoulders must be covered for both men and women. No shorts, short skirts, tank tops, etc. The boys had to wear pants instead of shorts that day. It can be kind of difficult in the summer because Rome is really hot and so people (laughs) are going to want to wear those, but just know to have those in your bag. You can always change back into shorts after you visit the churches, but those are required to enter the churches. There also are tons of people wandering around outside on the steps by Cafe Vaticano selling long scarves to use to cover up for people who have forgotten or weren't aware of that need. After meeting at Cafe Vaticano, actually on the steps right next to the door and directly across the street from the entrance to Vatican City, apparently all the tour groups meet there. So it's quite a hustling place. Just make sure that you kind of look for the sign for the people you're trying to meet. We started in at the Vatican Museums, and after a brief stop at a view overlooking Vatican Gardens, we had some time to walk through the museums. The crowds at that hour weren't bad at all, and it was also pretty apparent that crowds were still down due to COVID at the time that we went. We went from the museums to the Sistine Chapel. These There were no lines getting in, and it wasn't overly packed. It was much smaller than I pictured in my head, but it was beautiful and amazing to see Michelangelo's masterpieces up close. We had been told that St. Peter's Basilica might not be possible because the tour instruments really wasn't reliably open at that point. When we checked, there was no line to get in like there usually was. So even though the tour guide entrance wasn't open, we actually did just walk right in and get to see the Basilica for a visit. This was a nice surprise to us. They had actually told us don't count on it. 
and sent us a nice email just saying we don't know if we'll be able to get in or not. So we were prepared to not be able to go and it was nice to be able to go in after all. Also, it's just a thing to be aware of that on any given visit with this tour, any tour, they typically can't guarantee Sistine Chapel entrance or St. Peter's entrance because the church events may come up that require the use of the space. Usually we'll be able to get in if they say that they typically get in, but it is something that does come up from time to time. After the Basilica, we went to a small Vatican gift shop that was full of the same kind of things you'd expect from a very touristy shop and we waited for our bus. They had a concert somewhere in town that was backing up traffic quite a bit, so we did have a little bit of a delay there. But when the bus came, we continued on to the city center and did a walking tour of Piazza Navona. This is where the Four Rivers Fountains located, and... From there, we continued on to the Pantheon. It was raining off and on, and we had a glimpse of it raining inside the Pantheon as well as as when it was sunny. After some time in the Pantheon, we continued on to Trevi Fountain. We had lunch in this area and arrived just as a huge downpour started. We went to a little pizza and gelato shop for lunch, and right as we finished up our tasty lunch, the rain stopped and we were able to take some pictures at the fountain, which was now completely packed. We proceeded on and walked through the Roman Forum. In some places, this was still being excavated, and it was really interesting to see the things from all the different periods of Rome. In some areas, earthquakes in the past had leveled buildings, and the typical answer was to level that area and just rebuild on top of it. Because of this, there are areas in the city where you can literally see the foundation to one building, maybe directly on top of an old building, with the old building still exposed somewhat. In the Roman Forum, this continued, and there are areas where structures from various periods have been uncovered. We were able to see the ruins of the Temple of Vestal Virgins, the Temple of Julius Caesar, and other ruins of structures. At the other end of the forum, we arrived at the Colosseum. We were able to go in the skip line entrance, and we were able to do a tour of levels one and two. The tour guy company has some tours that do go down into the lower level, where the arena floor is and where the animals and gladiators were. But this particular tour does not go there. I found this really interesting just to hear all the different ways the Colosseums were used over the years and how it was in the time of the Roman Empire. As an example, I'd never known that many of the seats were reserved for particular families and would actually have their names or numbers identifying them carved into their arena seats. After some more time in the Colosseum, it was by then about 4 p.m. or so, and we were ready to get some dinner and head to the hotel to rest, um, get ready for our cruise the next day. We left the Colosseum to get a cab, but ended up eating at a little restaurant next to the Colosseum called Pastaria al Gladiatore, and Italian is not my first or my second language, so hopefully I got that sort of correct. The food it was terrific there. The people were great. We were very happy to be seated right by a window that had a great view of the Coliseum. We finished up a nice leisurely dinner and grabbed a cab and headed back to the hotel. Great timing. Pretty much over jet lag at that point. Did fall asleep a little earlier than usual, but we are ready to wake up the next morning and head out to our Mediterranean energy and cruise. We'll have more on the cruise to come in the next couple episodes, but until then, happy travels. <laughs>